War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Do we have Denver? Can we play the uh, General Milley clip? We've got a couple of minutes of Rudy on this side of the, uh, of the break. I want to play the Milley clip, and I want to get oh, his please. response. Do, 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 we ha- do we have the Milley clip teed up? Can we go ahead and play it? Among the most explosive revelations in the new book, Peril, Bob Woodward and Robert Costa report that two days after the January 6th Capitol riot, Joint Chiefs Chairman Mark Milley had become increasingly concerned about President Trump's mental state following his election loss, worrying the president could go rogue and start a war. According to the book that's been obtained by NBC News, the country's top military officer summoned his senior staff to a secret meeting to review the procedures for launching nuclear weapons. Milley emphasizing that while only the president could give the launch order, he also had to be involved, saying, quote, if you get calls, no matter who they are from, there's a process here, there's a procedure, and I'm part of the procedure. Earlier that day, according to a transcript obtained by the authors, Milley took a call from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who asked what precautions are available to prevent an unstable president from initiating military hostilities or from accessing the launch codes and ordering a nuclear strike. Milley assured her there were a lot of checks in the system. Pelosi saying of Trump he's crazy and what he did on January 6th is further evidence of his craziness. Milley's response, I agree with you on everything. Milley also assured China's top general in late October the U.S. would not strike, prompted by Beijing's fears America was prepared to attack due in part to Trump repeatedly berating China for the coronavirus. It's not my fault that he came here. It's China's fault. Milley even delivering this pledge to his Chinese counterpart. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. Overnight, Trump firing back at Milley. For him to say that I was going to attack China is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The authors also report in late December, then-Vice President Pence, the target of Mr. Trump's pressure campaign to overturn the election results, called former Vice President Dan Quayle to ask whether he could accommodate that demand. Quayle telling Pence, Mike, you have no flexibility on this. None. Okay, it's so mind-boggling, all of that. I think the the most uh, mind-boggling of all is, who would call Dan Quayle for legal advice? <laughs> who would I, call I, Dan Quayle? It must be an Indiana thing. No offense, I love, me, I love me some Hoosiers, but who would call? Those are two. By the way, do either one of those guys have three-digit IQs, Mike Pence? Okay, thought was okay, unpredictable. Okay. Okay, guys, we've played enough uh, clips, so thanks. Rudy, I tell you what, we're going to take a short commercial break. I'm going to come back. I want to get all your feedback on, on these two, uh, on these two aspects. We're going to take a <laughs> short commercial break. We're going to turn with Rudy Giuliani in a minute. Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I want to go back to Rudy. Let's talk about General Milley. And uh, and, uh, what are your thoughts from what you've at least seen from this book 
about General Milley and uh, and how he uh, treated the commander in chief? Uh, my thoughts are seven days in May. Remember the book and movie uh, where the generals tried yep. to take over? I mean, uh, and uh, along with Pelosi. I mean, it's totally absurd. There's no evidence. There's no not even a scintilla of anything that President Trump was going to do anything with the military. That's completely made up, uh, uh, either made up uh, part of the whole warp of lies the Democrats have been using for five years, or these people are in, in, insanely hysterical. But I mean, Millie's got to go. I mean, first of all, even uh, even retired Army Colonel Alexander Vindman is quoted as saying this was a very serious breach of uh, protocol. He has to resign. He no longer has any credibility. I mean, it's it's uh, the man is some kind of hysteric. He may get us into a war, probably against white supremacists. He'll probably go bomb white supremacists. I mean, the, the guy, but, there's something, there's a screw loose with this guy. And we have a, one of the reasons now we can see what happened in in uh, in Afghanistan. Remember, he, he uh, testified uh, this summer that Bagram, Bagram Air Force Base is not strategically important to the United States. <laughs> 400 miles from China, 500 miles from Iran, shooting distance of Russia, and right in Afghanistan. Now, for that, he sh- I mean, for but, that, but, he should be fired. But here, but, here but Rudy, he goes, let me get, yeah. But but let me ask you. Behind, besides going behind backs and everything like that, I want to go specifically to the one in October. This is prior to Biden; these guys stealing the election. This is President Trump is the commander in chief, and there's no question about that. Obviously, there's no question of him being commander in chief until uh, high noon on the 20th of January. Okay, but there's absolutely nothing in doubt about in late October. In late October, the book reports Milley reaches out to the P- his PLA counterpart and says, basically, we're not going to attack you. And Trump is talking crazy. And by the way, Tr- President Trump never talked crazy about Wuhan. In the war room, we were calling a bioweapons lab. In the war room, we said they had to be accountable. President Trump is a super moderate. I mean, every now and again, he would bring it up, but not even to be a, a fraction of how accusatory parts of the Trump movement were about, and we understood it was in Wuhan, everything we said at the times all come true. President Trump never said that. He was very modulated. Maybe he said it was a thing, and for Millie to go to the, reach out to the PLA because they were concerned they were going to be attacked by nuclear war. Is this, this, is, this is ridiculous. What do you think about this thing in October? Well, I, it would be a conspiracy to commit treason. Uh, treason is in the Constitution. It has to take place in time of war. If the president were to attack China, it would be a war. And he said he's going to help our enemy. I mean, it, it, it's absurd. It, you, China is an enemy of the United States. We know that. Maybe they don't accept that. Uh, they elected a president who was paid off by China. But the reality is, here he is telling China, if the president of the United States takes action against you, I'm going to side with you against the United States of America. Second, what he's saying is totally hysterical. The president never made any any uh, uh, words of, uh, that suggest war against China. The, the issue that he raised was supported by 50 reports. Uh, 50 reports. And it turns out to be true. Of course it came from the Wuhan lab. You have to be stupid not to realize that by the time the president said it. We had eyewitnesses that said it. So he's raising an issue, a legitimate issue. He's not talking about any retaliation against him. And even if he was... This guy has no right to do that. Who elected him president? 
But he preached but, one but of Rudy, the most important principles that we have in this country. The military does not conduct uh, the policy of the United States. When that happens, we become a banana republic, which is where he should be sent. He, he's also, remember, um, he's chief military advisor. They're not, he's not directly in the chain of command as the combatant commanders, but he's the chief military advisor as chairman of the Joint Chiefs Staff, chief military advisor to the president. Not to give the president a heads up, he was going to contact the uh, the PLA at a level of this d discussion should be immediate termination, immediate termination or letter well, resignation, and, and then later later brought up on Charles and prosecution. I mean, that, yes. Maybe maybe that's why he goes to Pelosi later and wants to create this other uh, uh, issue after after the election, because I mean he was afraid that if Trump got elected, he's going to go to jail. I mean he was hoping this conversation wouldn't come out. But he knows from October on, this guy knows he came pretty darn close to committing treason and uh, certainly disgraced his uniform. I mean, the man, should, that uniform should be taken off him. The star should be ripped off his shoulders and he should be indicted. Let's stop pushing around with these people. They're taking our country away. They're taking away uh, all the things this country uh, rests on. Military control of politics, of policy. The military gets involved in countermanding what he thinks the president wants to do. I mean, that's that I'm telling you, that's seven days in May. You go to jail for that. Okay. By the way, I just want to make sure President Trump's he was pushed into doing the uh, the the one the, the the cruise missile strike in Syria, which he didn't want to do, but he 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 acquiesced and said maybe it's the best thing to do. Uh, he destroyed the 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 physical caliphate of ISIS. Destroyed that right in about a year and a half. Uh, and then he he backed off. He told Bolton he wasn't going to do the strike into into Iran to start a war there. This this well, I, President I Trump is the he's the he's the most restrained he's the most restrained president of one hundred percent. But that that issue, he was getting pushed to bomb Iran because they hit they hit a a a, a, a drone, and at, he asked them, uh, did they kill anybody? No. And you want me to kill people, in in return for that? He said, yeah, first of all, that's immoral. Secondly, I'll never get cooperation from anybody if I do that. They don't want to cooperate with me anyway. But if I actually do something like that, the Iranians don't kill anybody. I go kill 10,000 Iranians or, five, or two Iranians. I mean, uh, uh, now we don't have a president like that. And look, we got, went and killed 10 civilians in, 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 uh, in, uh, in, in, in Afghanistan. 10 children, I've four children. And, and and the moron Lincoln yesterday testifies he doesn't know. Thank Let's you. go. We got about a minute. We got about a minute in the segment. I'm bringing Jason Miller. He was uh, concluding another hit. Took a priority over the war room. We know how it is, Jason. Uh, when when you when you when you're playing in the bigs now. Um, talk to me about this Woodward book. Just your general. You've been through this so many times. The Millie transcripts. Sir, we got about a minute, Jason. The Millie transcripts. Just your you're, you're a professional. You're the pro from Dover here. How did they get the transcripts from calls with the, the with the uh, Speaker of the House and General Milley? Well, clearly, Milley or someone on his team gave it to him. I mean, this is Milley has been uh, most dangerous place in Washington is to get in between Milley and someone who's doing a book. He sprinted out there. And don't forget, this is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Uh, I believe that this is treasonous to do this while President Trump is in office uh, with these calls to the Chinese saying that he would let them know or he would make sure uh, that President Trump didn't do anything uh, to harm them. Uh, I mean, this is outright treason treasonous behavior, but this is Milley trying to make a name for himself. 
We've seen it with the woke culture. We've seen it with the uh, critical race theory. Uh, this man should be fired. I think he should be court-martialed. I think he should be tried for treason. Uh, and, and this is a disaster. But here's the buried lead, lead Steve. Uh, Woodward and Costa don't have blank. Uh, because if they're going to Millie to go and sell their book, that means that no one cooperated with them, and they're they're just a couple of losers. Okay, to our commercial break, the CEO of Getter, Jason Miller, former strategic senior strategic advisor of President Trump, be back in a moment. Us censors us, deplatforms us. Conservatives have been helpless to do. Join Getter. It's time to cancel cancel culture. I got to tell you, thank God we're back. Uh, thank God we've got Getter right now. Given it's going to get, we're going to go through some very choppy water here, ladies and gentlemen. You can see that the full court press against pretty, President Trump is pretty extraordinary. And the reason they're coming in a full court press is they see the three November movement picking up steam. They see that uh, the collapse of between Afghanistan, the southern border, their numbers is just imploding. Jason, I got to go back to you and ask you about about the book and about Millie, particularly. I think since you know China so well. You know the president. You know how restrained he's been on using American military force. He destroyed the caliphate of ISIS, but really was kind of, you know, uh, he was not really enthusiastic about using the, the missiles in Syria, didn't want to do it. He shut down uh, book deal Bolton in, getting the, uh, in, in stopping the war in Persia that he wanted to do. He's been very restrained. That, that call in October to the Chinese, the head of the PLA, Jason, you've been in the Oval Office. You've been in, the, you've been in these rooms. Tell me how did that blow your your head up when you saw that? Heard it? Yeah, that completely uh, blew my mind. I mean, this isn't some uh, some CNBC analyst. This isn't some uh, think tank jabroni uh, who's maybe trying, or, or even a Ray Dalio who's trying to play footsies and 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 maybe get an investment deal done. This is an active member of the military in leadership, Joint Chiefs who is talking to uh, a representative from a foreign government saying that he will give them a heads up uh, in advance of everything or that he will stop his own leader. Uh, I mean, that is, uh, that's treasonous. I mean, that is, I, I don't see how that's not uh, court-martial worthy. Um, that is, that just completely blows my mind that number one, that Millie would be left in such a position. And here's the thing, Joe Biden, how can you wake up at 10.30 every morning and look in the mirror and not fire Mark Milley? How can you have this man there here? He will turn on you. Don't think that some of those comments about Biden being the one who's, who's screwing everything up for Afghanistan weren't coming from Milley. Uh, this man has become woke. He's become a joke. Uh, I'm not sure if his his broader aim is to get on the, the UN Council or the WHO or something of that nature. But when you undermine the chain of command at that level, uh, that's not that's not just making an accidental mistake or one off the hand comment. And that is directly subverting the president of the United States. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number is 877 10 U.S. Code, Section 163. What does this have to do with anything? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read from this. What we have found here is that when I comment about something or report something, it's regurgitated on cable, it's regurgitated on other radio shows. There's some stand-up people, don't get me wrong, but not enough. And so when I said on Hannity, I believe it was Tuesday night, that Robert Woodward, excuse me, that Bob Woodward and Robert Costa are unethical. 
because they sat on, if they're right, a news story for months and months and months. Don't they work for the Washington Post? I hear this being regurgitated everywhere now. I thought it was an important point. That's why I raised it. And I'll continue to raise it. But I want you to listen to this, because you're probably not familiar with it. I certainly wasn't until I looked it up a couple of days ago, but I couldn't get to you till now. 10 U.S. Code, Section 163, role of Chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff. A, communications through Chairman of JCS, assignment of duties. The President may direct the communications between the President or the Secretary of Defense and the commanders of the unified and specified combat commands be transmitted through the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. In other words, we have these various military services. And so he may direct that that's to be coordinated through the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff for communications purposes, back and forth. To assign duties to the Chairman to assist the President and the Secretary of Defense in performing their command function. Their command function. The Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff has no command function. He has no command function over the United States military. None. B, under federal law, the Secretary of Defense may assign to the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff responsibility for overseeing the activities of combat commands. Such assignment by the Secretary of the Chairman does not confer any command authority on the Chairman and does not alter the responsibility of the commanders of the combat commands. Got that? You'll hear this tomorrow all over cable and all over radio. But I want to be the first to explain it, because this is what I do, research. It's abundantly clear that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff has not been conferred any power of command authority of any of the military services. That's twice in Section A and Section B. B2. Subject to the authority, direction, and control of the Secretary of Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff serves as the spokesman for the commanders of the combat commands. What else can he do? Evaluate and integrate information, advise and make recommendations to the Secretary of Defense with respect to the requirements of the combat commands individually and collectively, communicate as appropriate the requirements of the combat commands to other elements of the Department of Defense. So... His role is to coordinate. His role is to ensure communication up and down the chain and all around. His role is to serve the commander-in-chief. He has no combat authority. He has no authority over nuclear missiles. He has no authority over ground forces. He has no authority over conventional weapons. He has no authority over anything in terms of the command structure. Combat commands. You got that? Did you know that, Mr. Producer? So it's not just a question. Not just a question of the separation of authority between the civilian and military, which is crucial Substantively, he has no specific 
Combat Command Authority, period. Let me try this again. Let me read this again. The Secretary of Defense may assign to the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs responsibility for overseeing the activities of the combat commands. Such assignment by the Secretary to the Chairman does not confer any command authority on the Chairman and does not alter the responsibility of the commanders, plural, of the commands. So what Milley is accused of doing is even worse. What Milley is accused of doing is seizing power in contravention of federal law as well as in contravention of the way our Constitution is set up. Now we turn to the Daily Wire. Former Acting Secretary of Defense Chris Miller ripped Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley on Wednesday over a report that Milley told his Chinese counterpart that he would warn the Chinese military if the U.S. and then President Trump was about to launch a strike. Now this goes beyond the violations of the Constitution and federal law, if in fact this happened, because now what he's accused of is the willingness to alert our number one enemy. Should a decision be made by the commander-in-chief to take military action against our number one enemy, that he would warn them about it. That is treasonous, if true. The Washington Post reported Tuesday, based on revelations in a forthcoming book from Woodward and and Costa, you should boycott this book, because these two clown reporters, even if we assume the information is accurate, sat on newsworthy information. This is what I've been saying for the last 72 hours. It's now being regurgitated by the geniuses on TV and radio. For months and months and months, which could have affected the outcome of Afghanistan, you have the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, who is rogue. According to their own writing, he's rogue. Now, I'm going to predict that Woodward and or Costa will be on all the major Sunday shows, maybe 60 Minutes, the Sunday morning shows, hawking their book. This is what Woodward does. He drops stuff the week before his books come out, He stirs the pot, then they're pushed like hell by the news media. He has a lot of friends in the news media. Then they're pushed like hell on all the Sunday shows. I'm telling you to boycott it. Because no journalist should be sitting on news, if this is news, like this. With the nation in peril, with the nation's national security in peril. And you saw what happened in Afghanistan with the head of the Joint Chiefs, Millie. Milley was allegedly so worried that Trump would strike China that he called and told General Li Zhejing that the People's Liberation Army of the U.S. would not launch a strike, and if the U.S. did, it would not be a surprise. I want to continue on this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not one of these hit-and-run broadcasters, so stick with me. I'll be right back. in.
From Millie, reportedly. General Lee, I want to assure you that American government is stable and everything's going to be okay. We're not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. Folks, do you know who General Lee is, L.I.? The Washington Free Beacon did a report on this. He's one of the most aggressive hawks in the communist Chinese leadership, constantly threatening the United States, threatening to attack us or take us on, and so forth and so on. Do you you see how little real reporting the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, and the rest of the corrupt uh, propaganda operations really are? General Lee, he says, you and I have known each other for now five years. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. So, Millie puts out this guy, Kirby, and others who are leaking and on the record and doing everything they can. This is no big deal. This is sort of what happens. You know, this is just the nature of the beast. So all these reporters with contacts at the top level of the Pentagon are regurgitating what's being told to them because they don't want to lose their contacts. People throughout Washington at think tanks and so forth who come on as special guests on radio and TV, same thing. They don't want to burn their bridges, and Millie's the uh, head of the Joint Chiefs, which, as you now know, has no role in combat decisions. He can give us advice, but no direct role in making those decisions. That's it. He can give advice to the president. And so this acting uh, defense secretary, what, for a couple of months, I guess, Christopher Miller, Since the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is the highest-ranking military officer whose sole role is providing military-specific advice to the president. That's right. And by law is prohibited from exercising executive authority. The chain of command runs through the president, the secretary of defense, not through the chairman. Now, Fox News reports said that their sources indicate the calls were not secret, that about 15 people were on two calls, which were allegedly, excuse me, Don't regurgitate stupid, stupid stuff. Doesn't matter if 15 people were on the call. The President of the United States was unaware of it. Washington Post Josh Rogan says his sources said Milley did not properly coordinate the calls, adding that a senior agency official told him when Milley did these calls, it was with joint staff. Nobody from the Office of the Secretary of Defense participated in it. And Miller has since told Political, maybe he said something in passing. Okay, it doesn't work that way. If you're going to call the communist Chinese, you don't say something in passing, even if that did occur. So we need a commission now, much bigger than the January 6th committee, a commission now to investigate, because Mr. Milley perhaps could have gotten us into a nuclear war of some kind of conflagration. God knows. But we need a commission. Welcome back, America. We have a really fantastic writer and investigator, Julie Kelly, senior contributor, American Greatness. Julie, how are you? I'm great, Mark. How are you? I'm great. You know, when people do their little hit jobs, they don't understand. I hit back twice as hard. We have this guy, Phil Bump, national correspondent, Washington Compost. You spent a lot of time interviewing individuals in the jail from January 6th, interviewing their lawyers, going through the charging documents. To your knowledge, 
Has this columnist for the Washington Post, Phil Bump, ever been to the jail? No. In fact, I doubt that he knows that the deplorable jail even exists. Uh, There's no indication in his column that he realizes that three dozen January 6th Capitol protesters are sitting in that jail, have been in that jail since February, and that there are dozens more at other jails across the country being denied bail simply because of their involvement in January 6th. He doesn't mention that in his article. Why do you think that is? Because he's a fraud. That's right. Let's go on. He says here, um, host Mark Levin is focused on the issue repeatedly. In June, he told his audience that we're hearing that they're in some of the worst jails. Some are being put in solitary confinement where they only have an hour where they can go outside of that. That they're being fed poor food. They're being treated like they're terrorists at Guantanamo Bay where they'd be treated actually better. Is there something I said there that's inaccurate? No. And um, it's too bad that Philip Bump didn't listen to the Oath Keeper status hearing that I did today, where there are three Oath Keepers, none charged with violent crime, no weapons charged, no assaulting police officers, no direct vandalism, nothing. Ken Harrelson was arrested in February. He's been in the D.C. jail since last spring. And his lawyer today told Judge Maida, the alarming physical and medical condition that Mr. Harrelson is in, that he has not had a shave or a haircut, that he has a medical condition he cannot get treatment for, Um, that, of course, the poor food, I'm hearing that they keep shutting off the hot water there, that they're flooding their cells. There have been reports of abuse uh, of at least one of the detainees. So Phil Bump should have listened to the Oath Keepers hearing today, There are three Oath Keepers who have been held, and their trial just got moved from January of 2022 to April of 2022. So they will be in jail, some of them, almost a year. That is correct. Yes. And Philip Bump, rather than find out what actually is taking place, and he works for the Washington Post, so you have to assume he's in or around Washington, D.C., If he got off his fat ass, he could actually go and see if he wants or try and find out what's taking place, but he doesn't. Now let's go on. He says, it's obviously true that Americans should be tried quickly to minimize unnecessary detention, and that those detentions should be humane. But, what do you mean but? But it's important to remember that law enforcement didn't make many arrests on June 6th, so most arrests came later meaning that it wasn't true in July that most of those in detention had been there for six months. Did I say most of those in detention had been there for six months, Mr. Producer? One would also be justified in thinking that Levin is perhaps not expressing concerns about political prosecutions uniformly. In May 2020, he went on Sean Hannity's Fox News show to insist that officials from the Obama administration should be thrown in jail. You mean those officials who planted lies? You mean the FBI that tried to have a coup against a sitting president? You, you, see, you see the problem here, Julie, with these, with these Washington Post types. They throw in these, these cherry-picked arguments. They don't look at the whole argument. Did Philip Mob contact you to try and get any context for this story? No. I know, that, I know that probably shocks you, but no, he did not. But he knows I was referring to your writings. He knows I've had you on this show. I guess, he knows that you actually have got dirt under your fingernails digging into this 
like a real reporter where he's just sitting back and writing. Then he attacks Fox News. That Fox News and Republicans don't believe this election and on and on and on. It's shocking that we have Americans being treated this way by our so-called justice system, and then we have a media that supports it, is it not? Oh, they absolutely do. I mean, they are cheering for this, and that's what Philip Bump basically said in his column uh, by by dismissing the uh, the reality that there are political prisoners, that this Justice Department continues every week to hunt down January 6th protesters and to arrest them to charge them with ridiculous crimes like parading and picketing in, in Congress, ruining their lives. These people have lost everything, even charged with minor offenses. They've lost their jobs. They're being bankrupted. They're being humiliated and outcast in their communities. They will never get their lives back because their political props and Joe Biden's Justice Department and people like Philip Bump in the Washington Post because they want revenge against these people who doubt the legitimacy of the 2020 election and don't support Joe Biden. I'd like to keep you after the break, Julie Kelly, if you don't mind, senior contributor, American Greatness. I'm not done going through this with you, and I wanted to add a few more points, if you will. Thank you. We'll be right back. Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. I'm back with Julie Kelly, senior contributor, American Greatness. Julie Kelly has spent more time investigating and actually personally going to the jail, talking to defendants, talking to their lawyers, looking at the charging documents and so forth than any other person. And Philip Bump has done none of it. So if you're reading the Washington Post, you have no idea what's going on except Philip Bump's uninformed propaganda. We even had two federal judges, Julie, both appointed by Obama, who's, who've raised concerns about the way certain people are being charged. They've raised the question like, wait a minute, you're charging people for disrupting Congress, when in fact we've had people disrupt Congress, you hit them with a misdemeanor or you let them go, you're charging these people with felonies if they don't plead to, a, to, to an offense that you demand. And they're, starting, and they're saying, what is that based on? You've heard that too, right? I have. So you're referring to Judge Moss and Judge Maida. Um, Judge Moss called the obstruction of an official proceeding felony, which this DOJ has slapped on at least 200 cases to turn Trump supporters into convicted felons. It's never been used in this way before. The judges know it. The government knows it. The defense lawyers certainly know it. Um, and so both of those lawyers have raised concern. Judge Moss said it has a constitutional vagueness problem. Uh, there is a motion in the Oath Keepers case, a motion to dismiss, and Judge Maida is considering that now and should make a ruling, should issue some ruling on that next month. Um, but again, Philip Bump, do you even know what the obstruction of an official proceeding charge is? It's origination, which was a post-Enron law uh, that was supposed to stop any interference in congressional investigations, not the certification of the Electoral College. So, you know, these are the things that Mr. Bump does not stay awake at night worrying about. I had a gentleman 
contact me. And uh, this gentleman said, I have a problem. I was told by the Department of Justice, my lawyer was, either I plead guilty to this federal misdemeanor and agree not to appeal, or I'm going to be charged with a felony along the lines you just discussed and go to trial, and I can't afford the lawyer. And not only that, I never entered the Capitol building. I was on the Capitol grounds. I didn't even know I was trespassing. That's right. And I don't believe this gentleman is alone, is he? He's certainly not. As I said, I think there are about 220 defendants who face this felony charge that have been applied to mostly misdemeanor offenses, such as parading or picketing, restricted access, disorderly conduct. Um, And so this, you know, just imagine for a minute, Mark, if that would have applied to the 2018 Kavanaugh protest, where they tried to not only shut down a Senate confirmation, but actually were banging on the Supreme Court doors trying to stop him from being sworn in. I mean, we would have had thousands of felons in that case. Um, but it's never been used that way. Only two January 6th defendants, which, again, Philip Bump, that doesn't make them political prisoners or, or that this is a political prosecution when you have such an egregious double standard of justice. Um, now, let me, let me tell you what this guy is doing. Let me tell you how diabolical uh, this propagandist is. What he's thinking is, or even hoping, is that there's going to be violence in, in this other uh, rally that's occurring that I don't really know anything about. Mm-hmm. And so if it occurs, what he wants to do is try and take out some hosts, try and take out Fox News, try and blame them. These are, these are incredibly dishonest and diabolical people, people like Philip Bump. He knows nothing about the facts. He doesn't take the time to dig into the facts. They're readily available, or he can go down and find out for himself. He can go to the courthouse and read charging documents. He can talk to defense lawyers. They typically would, you know, when we're dealing with terrorists, but not here. Then he writes in his column, in part, It's remarkable that even 10 months after the election, with precisely zero hard evidence of fraud that could shift the election outcome having emerged, most Republicans still say it happened. Now, what is amazing about this, Julie Kelly, is this is the same newspaper that pushed the Russia collusion narrative for almost three years in which a man was just charged, a lawyer, for trying to plant a lie with the FBI who lied about his connection to the Hillary Clinton and the DNC. He has no interest in any of this. We know the Russia collusion thing was a complete fraud. The media, including the Washington Post, promoted it, pushed it. And he dares to write a sentence like this. And I'll tell you something else. He'll never go to Pennsylvania because the challenges in Pennsylvania were purely constitutional under the federal constitution. Really had nothing to do with voting machines or ballots, nothing whatsoever. But they don't care, do they? They don't. And let's back up to what you just said. The Washington Post, as you know, Mark, in January of 2017, is the paper that leaked the classified phone call between Michael Flynn and uh, the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, to try to take down Flynn. The Washington Post is the paper that in April of 2017 leaked the FISA warrant against Carter Page to help destroy his life and promote this lie about Russian collusion. So they are, as you said, a propaganda organ. They don't care whose lives they destroy. They don't care what they're covering up. They don't care about the truth. They are simply there to promote whatever the Democrats tell them to and to cover up everything else. 
So I just want the American people to know, particularly the people in the Washington, D.C. area, what a fraud Philip Bump is and what a fraud the Washington Post is. You're not going to get actual information. They just push an agenda. This guy has no intent of being objective whatsoever. He has no intent of being a real journalist. He's covered. He's protected by the First Amendment. and That's perfectly fine by me. But he's a clown. He talks about right-wing media. Right-wing media. There's never left-wing media. Right-wing media. So I wanted, to, I wanted to expose this fraud. Nobody better to do it than you. And I would urge Philly Bump to actually check out the conditions, talk to the defense lawyers, go look at the charging documents, actually educate yourself about what some of these judges are saying, think about the Constitution and due process and equal protection, which he won't because he's a slob. Julie Kelly, if people want to contact you, where do they go? Uh, I am on Twitter, Julie underscore Kelly, too, and my work can be found at AmericanGreatnessAmGreatness.com. And you do fantastic work. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Mark. All right. Be well.